love. It's more than a feeling and greater than something we fall into and out of. Love is the ongoing sacrifice of our own desires for the ongoing well-being of others. And at the center of the Christmas story, love is exactly what God is lavishing on us all. His love is why he becomes flesh. It's why he lives with us and it's why he dies for us. That love is what our world needs the most right now. And our own hearts would do well to drink deeply from God's love too. It's an invitation for every person and it's here now because Jesus is here now. This is love. Welcome to Christmas. I want to invite you to stand with me. Uh, we're excited this morning to welcome the small town poets. They're going to be leading us in worship today. A real special treat for us. Uh, this is a season of Advent, a season of our anticipating and celebration of the birth of Christ. And so this morning, I just want to encourage you to just go for it and worship today. Just offer God your praise and your song. But, but let's give a warm Anastasia welcome to the Anastasia poets, and let's worship today.
It was good news when the angels first sang about it on the first Christmas morning. It's still good news today. Jesus Christ is born. Probably my favorite Christmas song, Christmas Carol. It's a great poem. The words are amazing. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the new. 
you guys a song maybe some of you've heard it maybe some of you haven't so in case you're not familiar just want to sing the chorus with you a couple times you're the way the truth the life and I believe you are the way you're the truth the life I believe you are. That's it. Just sing it with me a couple times. Here we go. Bye. 
God, we're so grateful that we can sing with confidence of your greatness. Sometimes it's a lot easier to sing about your greatness than it is to sing about your goodness. But we believe you're good as well. And it's because of your unending goodness that we recognize your greatness. So God, we say to you this morning that you're good. And that you're great, you're holy, you're set apart. And we're grateful that we get to come to you, have a relationship with you, and worship you in spirit and in truth. So we pray that you meet with us this morning as we're here to meet with you, that Jesus would be lifted up. In his name we pray, amen. Good morning, Anastasia Church. My name is Rachel, and I'm the communications director here at Anastasia, and I'm so excited to have you here with us worshiping this morning. If it's your first time you have a prayer request or you're just looking for more ways to get connected, you can text the word CONNECT to the number 904-441-6900. There you'll be sent a link with all the things that I'm going to cover today and more ways to get connected. Um, We have an exciting event happening this week. It's called Prepare him room it's happening Wednesday December 13th at 6 p.m. and we will be enjoying a time of worship with our Lifehouse worship team as well as a virtual event hosted by Christy McClellan it's um, hosted by both our women's ministry here at Anastasia and Lifehouse but all are welcome and it's going to be a great time to celebrate this Christmas season Um, we also have our Christmas Eve service services coming up right here. We have several options because we know it's a crazy time for you and your family. On the 24th, we have services happening at 1.30 p.m., 3 p.m., 4.30 p.m., and 6 p.m. ASL interpretation will be provided, and we can't wait to see you there. You can also learn more at AnastasiaChristmas.org. And now I'm going to send it over to Pastor Walter in the Sanctuary for Baptism. celebrating something very special. Uh, we have a brother in Christ. He is he is uh, putting himself into that testimony through the baptism waters today. And I'd like to introduce to you Kevin. This is Kevin Millette. Kevin has been a Christian a long time. He was raised as a Christian and just in the traditions that he was in, uh, he'd not participated in believer's baptism before. So he's adding to his faith. He's adding this experience of, of coming in the baptism waters telling you that Jesus Christ is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So I want to, Kevin, would you tell everybody here, what is your testimony this morning? Jesus is Lord. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to have you turn this way and uh, hold on to my arm here. Upon your public profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I baptize you, my brother, Kevin Millett, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in his death. Raised to walk in newness of life. Praise God. Praise God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much. 
uh, for Kevin, Lord. I thank you that you are real in his life and that he's walking with you. Lord, continue to walk with him. Lord, as we as church and he as a part of church, Lord, we grow together into you. Bless us all. In your precious name of Jesus Christ, I pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Do you have a nativity set? What does it look like? Join me for the Prepare Him Room virtual event to experience the Christmas story like never before. As we dive into the historical and cultural context of Christmas, we'll be invited to intentionally make space to seek Jesus amid the holiday rush. And in the end, we'll discover that the Christmas story is better than we've ever known. Join us as we celebrate the birth of our Savior and embrace the true meaning of Christmas. I'm excited to see what your nativity might look like after our time together. Prepare him room this season. Your heart will never be the same. So again, that's our Prepare Him Room event. We would love to have you here with us this Wednesday at 6 p.m. to join us for that. As we enter into this Christmas season, we also are giving a special Lottie Moon offering for the holiday. If you don't know who Lottie Moon was, she was a missionary to China, um, and it's something that we do as a church to give to international missions. So we would love for you to participate in that. We are so thankful for you as a church partnering with us, not only your time and your energy and your talents, but also your gift giving. And if you choose to give and partner with us today, there are several ways for you to do it. You can text the word give to that number 904 441-6900. You can also scan this QR code behind me and the Lottie Moon offering will be an option of a list of giving. Or you can give with a cash envelope at one of our offering boxes located around our campus. As we enter into this time of giving, I would just like to say a prayer for our offering. So if you could join in me with praying. Lord Jesus, I thank you for Anastasia Church, and I thank you for our um, members who choose to partner with us in their gift-giving, and their talents, and their energy, and their time. Lord, I just pray that as we enter this holiday season, we remember the true meaning that it's not about the gifts, but the giver of the gifts, which is you, Lord. And I just pray that we would use these gifts and these resources to make your name known far and wide, not only in St. Augustine, but in every corner of the world, that they would proclaim you as our Lord and Savior. It's in your mighty and holy and precious name that I pray. Amen. Thank you, church. Thank you guys so much for letting us be here and being a part of your worship this morning and, and be a part of your Advent and Christmas season. Um, we're just grateful to be here. And uh, we're going to share a little bit in, in a minute, so I won't uh, talk too much about us right now, but just wanted to share uh, th this song is a song that's written by a, a man named Bob Coughlin, uh, who's written some, a lot of great songs and hymns for the church. He wrote this as an acapella song. And we, while we respect acapella, uh, we like to play instruments as well. So we just did our own arrangement of it. And it's pretty catchy, and there's some kind of choir parts. We'd love for you guys to sing along as you catch along. Uh, the words are going to be on the screen for you. But this, this song is called In the First Light, and it puts the whole story of the good news of the gospel together. In the first light of a new day, 
Thank you, guys. Um, church, we're going to just we're gonna have just a time this morning where we can just share and talk a little bit with uh, the small town poets, and we uh, appreciate them being here this morning. Yeah. Amen. I'll give you guys a second to get settled and get your mics and all that kind of stuff. Grab this one. All right. Well, again, welcome to St. Augustine. Um, is this any of y'all's first time to St. Augustine? No. <laughs> no. You've been here before. I have been here many times. I, I vacationed here for years and years and years, and I thought, and we live all over the place, um, different states, but I always thought, what an amazing place to live one day. So guess what? I moved here about two years ago. So, I, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm now a resident. Praise the Lord. Did you know that right over there, there's a place where there are 437,000 alligators right next to each other? <laughs> yeah. Have you been? I, I have not, but it is on the list. All right. Yeah. Night of Lights. St. Augustine is an amazing place, and uh, we're blessed to be able to call this home. Uh, we're thankful that you guys are here uh, this morning uh, leading uh, the church in worship. And I thought maybe just... Uh, I've heard you guys have some interesting stories. Maybe just take a, a few minutes and just share a little bit. Of, introduce yourself and share a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, I'll do that. Start here. Hi, my name is Byron. I play drums. And uh, I grew up in a very small town with Danny and Michael. And uh, we thought that'd be a great way to name a band. So there's where small town came from. Uh, I grew up in a church with a father who was a minister of music. And... Um, yeah, so came to the Lord about 15 years, I think it was 15 years old, um, and knew that I wanted to play music for the rest of my life. And uh, so here I am, still playing music, and uh, still for the right reasons, I think. <laughs> my name's Miguel, and uh, I'm originally from, from uh, Puerto Rico, but uh, I've been in, in Atlanta, Georgia for a long time, since 1980. And, uh, but I, I came to Christ... Uh, late 70s as a kid because missionaries were going through the neighborhood gathering all the kids and bringing them to uh, vacation Bible school during the summer. And me and I have a younger sister. We just came to know God through that and then we started kind of drawing our parents in, you know. And uh, and then we moved to Atlanta, Georgia in 1980. Be there ever since. Grew up in the church, in a Spanish church, which uh, some of you might know, if it's a Spanish church, it doesn't matter if it has the name Baptist or Methodist, it's going to be Pentecostal. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's some of my, my background. I'm Kevin. Um, I actually grew up in San Diego, and, and like Byron, my dad was also a music minister at a Baptist church there, and uh, had been playing music since I was a kid, and Picked up the guitar when I was 16, and I was hooked, um, and went to Nashville to pursue music, and that's where I met these guys, and we've been making music together ever since. My name is Michael Johnston, and I grew up in a small town just over the Georgia-Florida line, about an hour, called Tifton, and uh, that's where Danny and Byron and I, I met in our teenage years. I grew up uh, in a, going to a very small rural Southern Baptist church called New River Baptist. My dad was a deacon. My mom uh, 
led the children's choir. So, and I'm the youngest of four kids. So some of my earliest memories are singing with my mom and my siblings and my cousins and all the people that I knew, like, you know, like family in this small church. And uh, because, because the Bible was opened every week, uh, several times every week in a small town, Southern Baptist church, several times a day on Sundays. Uh, but the Bible was opened often and it was amazing. I got to, I got to learn the Bible. Most importantly, I got to learn the central, most important thing in the Bible. And that's, uh, Jesus. And because I saw, um, I saw people living out a life of doing their best to follow Jesus at a really early age, I kind of understood. So when I was six years old, as much as a six-year-old can understand, uh, their need for a savior, uh, need for grace, uh, need for forgiveness of sins, the, the, the uh, just lifelong calling of following Jesus. Uh, I believe that, I believed that as, as much as a six-year-old could. So I was baptized when I was six years old. And uh, after that, um, I started looking around for people to help disciple me in the faith. And uh, Danny and Byron were very much uh, answers to prayer because it's so important to have people walking alongside of you that are going after the same thing, seeking God's kingdom first. And uh, because of these relationships early on, I believe that, um, that, that God was able to form something in me that wouldn't have been formed otherwise. So uh, that's kind of a big foundation for, you know, a lot of things ahead, but yeah, of course, going through, um, uh, late teens and early twenties and, and really making my faith, my own, uh, wrestling with some big, pretty big ideas and wrestling with some, some doubts and some, uh, you know, just disappointments and things like that along the way just came to a deeper and deeper understanding of God's grace and goodness. So top that. I'm just kidding. I, I don't know that I can. No, he can. We used to call him Jesus little brother. Wow, I didn't, I didn't know that until now. Uh, yeah, my parents led me to the Lord when I was very young. And um, like some of these guys, my dad was a Baptist minister of music and, uh, in our small town. And man, just having these relationships as teenagers, and there were some other teenagers too in our, in our school uh, that loved the Lord. And, and now here we are years later still doing ministry together. And more than that, we're, um, you know, we're family uh, in, in the Lord. And we, we, you know, it's like this, uh, that, that, that's why we do this music is really not because of the music, but we, we love being together. We love the accountability. We love, uh, sharing stories with each other. Um, and I was just going to say, if, the, if you guys have any doubts about funding your youth ministry, uh, I just, I just can't emphasize enough that when we were teenagers and studying the word of, of God together and spending time together in the youth ministries in our local town, that's where these bonds were formed. And that's where we really learned to pray and to study the Bible. Amen. Guys, you, uh, you did a Christmas recording. Actually, you've done multiple Christmas recordings uh, over the years. Um, what does this season mean to you guys personally? Well, I, I work, I work uh, during the week for a NASCAR team, so it means to me the season's over. We're not, it's not time for Daytona yet. Um, but that, that automatically puts a, a space and a, and a gap in my season when uh, we can be together more. And, uh, and being together more means we're playing songs together, means we're playing Christmas songs together. So to me, it's not Christmas until I see them and, and the parade, you know. Anybody else? Well, I think the fact that we have done so much Christmas music, have recorded so much Christmas music, I think has a lot to do with me pestering these guys. 
because over the years, I just, as I'm at the piano, I'm just, I'm thinking of Christmas carols. I love them so much. So I come to the band, I'm like, hey, I came up with this arrangement of this carol. Can we do it? And I, I think just to pacify me, we, we finally did a Christmas record and I talked them into doing a second one. And we've even got a few singles out there as well. Lots of Christmas music. Um, if, how many of you guys, it's like an emotional time for you. Um, it's a very sentimental time as I think of all the traditions and, and family and stuff. But Bobby, we were talking backstage before also how it's a very difficult time for a lot of people because they feel more lonely than ever at Christmas time. So um, this time of year is also like a clarion call to us, Lord, like to look around us and to see who's hurting and that we can be there for as well. Yeah, and I think that's part of what has been behind us um, putting time and effort and in imagination into uh, these Christmas songs because we hope that in getting to be together and getting to interact with people in the world and put our songs out there that, that those things, uh, people are encouraged and po- people find hope in the Christmas season. Uh, a lot of us have that hope and that's what we, uh, what gets us energized about this season. And so many people are still out there looking for hope and, uh, they don't know what it means when we light these candles. And so we hope that, that, uh, these songs and, and, and the amazing thing to me is some of these songs are so familiar to people like that melody for Hark the Herald Angels Sing. People have probably been a part of caroling with that song when they were kids or maybe singing it in a, in a few church services. And those words are incredible, They're amazing. They just, they, they, they just, they preach the gospel. Um, and so just being a part of, of, uh, of perpetuating that um, and it just helps, uh, it helps me feel like I am a part of God's kingdom and, and the whole big story. Amen. Amen. Love the season. Some of you all are ordained ministers, ordained pastors. Uh, mm-hmm. Raise your hands. Yes. <laughs> yes. Do you guys, uh, any word that you would have for the church uh, this morning, just in what you're seeing? Yeah, I, w- I was thinking about this, like what, what would I say that I see God doing in the kingdom right now? And what it is, is exciting. I, I feel like this generation of believers is tired of the hopelessness they see, and they're kind of starting to rise up, and we're seeing a revival. And uh, it, choked, <laughs> it chokes me up because I have kids that are 18 to 25, and I see that generation saying, it's time to take this world and this culture back for Jesus Christ. And that's exciting stuff for a dad, right? You, those of you who have kids know what I'm talking about. Um, I see a passion. I see a passion in, in this generation. And when my kids call me and want to share the scriptures with me instead of vice versa, that gets me pretty excited. I see God doing that here in St. Augustine. And I see it, you know, all over the country right now. And let's, let's just watch it catch fire and keep going. Let's, let's, you know, let's get those flames going. Let's stoke those coals. Well said. Yeah. I, you know, Ephesians 2.10 comes to, comes to my mind. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to be able to quote it exactly um, as it is in any of the translations that you, you guys might read. But, but in the NIV, um, is, which, is, which is what I read more often, it's something like uh, we're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for, for good works that he's prepared for us in advance. And uh, I don't speak Greek. I haven't studied Greek, but I have been told that that word uh, workmanship, which in, in some other translations it's uh, translated uh, masterpiece but that it comes from uh, in the greek the word is poema and that's the same where we get poem from so maybe a better name for our band would have been small town poems 
I don't know. We can change it. <laughs> but, but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing that, that, that I love about that verse. Uh, and that, that whole chapter, uh, the whole book of Ephesians, it's amazing. And, and I could get Miguel started. And he, he's not necessarily ordained, but he could probably preach better on this than I can. But, uh, but that, that idea, it's not just an idea. It's, it's, it's Paul writing to that church. Okay, in order for you guys to follow Jesus well, you need to know this, that you're created that God has created you. You are his, you're his story. You're his poem. You're his song that he is, that he is working on, that he's given purpose to, he's given life to. And you know what? It wasn't just so he could have you exist. It was because there are things that only you can do. There are ways that only you can worship the King of Kings this Christmas. I can't worship the same way that you can worship. I don't have the same story, the same gifts and talents the same um, circumstances, the same family, the same background, the same story, but you do. And you can bring that to God and worship him in a unique way that only you can do it. And the kingdom of God is better and better when all of us are leaning in and worshiping him in the ways that only we can bring, the things that he's prepared for us to do. So it, it, you know, it gives me hope when I do have some distractions or some doubts or some, you know, things that I'm, I'm wrestling with to just step back and remember, okay, uh, God has things that he has prepared for me to walk into. And am I looking for those things or am I just looking inward? That's awesome, Michael. We are, we are his song. We are his masterpiece. I love that. Um, you know, worship is such a huge part of the Christmas story. It's, you know, the wonder, the awe, uh, Emmanuel, God with us, God became flesh. How, how can we better focus on this instead of the trappings of our materialistic culture that we're in? Any ideas, thoughts? Um, well, right when you mentioned, you know, Noel, even Emmanuel, uh, I'm thinking God with us. Uh, and of course, Christmas has now become about all the, the events and, and like you said, uh, trappings of, going, of buying gifts and all that. And all that can be okay. It's not like, don't do that. It's all wrong. But when you think of Emmanuel, God with us, realizing that God, the creator of the universe, the king of kings, became one of us. This is what we're really celebrating in Christmas. He became one of us. I even think one of my favorite Christmas verses, it's not really a Christmas verse, but it's Philippians uh, chapter 2, I think it's verse 6, where it says that Jesus, uh, Paul talking about Jesus, says he did not count his uh, glory, his deity, his Godhead, being God, he didn't count it something to grab onto, but he let it go. He emptied himself of that so that he can come and be a servant. Be one of us. So in a way, that answers even the, the whole thing of Christmas. Some of you might be feeling down. You know, Christmas can be sometimes depressing instead of joyful. You know, nobody understands what I'm going through. He does. He became one of you. One of us. He walked this earth. He came into this broken world. And this world is messed up. We all know it, right? He, he was here. He, he was not exempt from it. He did not say, hey, I'm God. I'm not going to go down there. No, he, he did, was not exempt from it. So everything you're experiencing, all the good, all the bad, all the brokenness, all the loss, all the injustice, all the unfairness, everything, he experienced it. 
And that's why he can now sympathize with us, is what the Bible says. He can sympathize. We have a perfect high priest to use biblical language. That just means somebody who intercedes for you, you know, God's behalf. And he's perfect because he knows what it's like to be us. And he can bring us to God the Father perfectly. And, and that's not to mention all he did for us on the cross. Amen. It's all being done for us. This is why we're here, not so that we can do this and this for God. We're here because of everything that he already did for us. And all we have to do is just empty now ourselves of our own pride and just receive what he's got. That's what Christmas is about. And that's why Christmas is an all year round thing when you think about it. Because all year round, we're both celebrating and announcing that, hey, God became one of us. It's in Jesus. And Jesus understands and Jesus can bring you to the Father, bring the Father to you. You know, so that alone, at least for me, it helps me set aside all the other trappings of Christmas. And all, you know, ah, Christmas is about this. And I get caught up in it too. I, I do. I'm not trying to say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm in Christmas, I'm this holier than that. No, I get caught up in it. But sometimes we just have to remember what we're really celebrating, and it is that Emmanuel. God himself in the person of Jesus Christ became one of us for our, on our behalf. So. Um, when you read the story of Mary and Joseph in the scriptures and the, and the birth of Jesus, uh, just those humble beginnings, what, what speaks to you about those verses, those passages in the Gospels? As difficult as it was for Mary to completely freak out when she found out this weird thing was going to happen, and then Joseph had to accept the same thing, they both came to a place where they were willing to serve their purpose, serve who they were supposed to be, why they were supposed to do it at, at any cost. can't even imagine how difficult it was to be them in those moments when they had to explain something that nobody was really going to understand, even if they pat them on the back and say, that's, that's cute, what you're saying. But... The bottom line is they knew their job was to serve and they would serve at any cost. So Mark 10, 45, in, in similar to what Miguel shared, even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve. I've struggled at times in my life with feeling like I'm the, an entitlement. I deserve better. I, you know, I got to look out for number one, but I can tell you that uh, a couple of life experiences, it, it took for me to get to the point where I realized that serving was a catalyst for joy because that's why God created me. So in this Christmas season, like he said, like not just Christmas, but all year round, a mentality of serving is just on the other side of that selfish thought you're having. And when you give into it and you say, I am here to serve, that is what I'll do. The joy is unbelievable and it's from the Lord. Yeah, I would just add to that, that, um, that it's, it's really powerful to me to think about Mary and Joseph being the first to say yes to Jesus. So Mary, when God spoke to her about Jesus, her response was yes, Lord, may it be so. May it happen the way that you say. And then Joseph's first, his first answer was no. But it was, it was a no based on um, incomplete information. And when he, uh, when he heard from God what was to happen, his no turned to a yes. 
So it just, it just makes me think um, that we can all learn from that. Um, where are there places in our life where God has been speaking to us and, and our answer has been no, but it's been no based on incomplete information. And, and, and maybe we've fought against hearing that truth and that, that real information. And we've yet to, to let that no turn to a yes. And then also where are the places where we can look back and we say, um, God, I said yes to you. And we see the way that, that, that he's worked through that yes. One more question. Uh, perhaps uh, somebody here this morning is, is struggling and um, maybe they're, they don't have the Christmas spirit per se. Um, how would you encourage them today, guys? Well, man, I just think about choosing joy. Um, you know, I've, I've kind of had a rough week, nothing major. It's not like I found out I'm dying or anything, but I've had some challenges this week with some different things with people I work with um, and uh, just some different, you know, family situations. To choose joy every day is not always easy. And one thing that's been helping me lately is that I've been reminded that it's hard to, to praise the Lord for his blessings and to feel sorry for myself and complain at the same time. So if I start praising the Lord or even quoting scriptures about how wonderful the Lord is or about how all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, and I do, if I start quoting scriptures, if I start thanking God for his goodness, it's hard to do that and to be sad at the same time. It can be done. <laughs> you can be sad and quote scripture, but it is therapeutic to just sort of ingest God's word and to repeat it and to focus on the Lord. I, I'm reminding myself of this because I definitely get into that zone where I want to be selfish and I want to own my right to be mad. I really deal with that a lot. And I, I feel like what the Lord's been saying to me even this week is to choose joy and to praise the Lord. And that will kind of drown out a lot of this other noise and help me to just focus this Christmas Eve. Yeah. And, and I would encourage you if, you, if you find yourself in a season of isolation um, where you don't feel like you have connections with, with people that can, can help pull those things out of you, um, maybe it's time to seek that out. Uh, you know, part of our story is that we are friends. Uh, we, we have, we're in a band together and we love uh, doing this, um, music and, and, uh, and ministry. But, uh, when we're not doing that, we're still friends and we still walk through life together. We share our struggles, we share our joys, ups and downs. And, uh, you know, particularly for men, I noticed that you guys have a, a men's event coming up in a couple of months. Maybe that'd be a great, a great uh, time to, to begin to step into something. But even now you can start reaching out. You don't have to be a man to do that. Uh, maybe to go to men's night you do, but to, to reach out, to connect with people. Um, and the reason uh, that I think it, Christmas time, it's important to think about this is that, that, that Emmanuel means God with us. It's an us. It's not a me. It's not just me. It's not meant for me to just do this by myself. Uh, I'm meant to walk through uh, life together. I'm, I'm meant to be a part of bringing God's kingdom with other people. Amen. That's, yeah, that's one of the ironies of our age. We're the most connected society in all time, but yet in a lot of ways we're isolated more than ever. So, uh, church, um, hope you've been blessed today uh, with the Small Town Poets. So we're going to do our, uh, the end of our service a little different. They're going to close us out with one song. And then if, uh, if God has uh, led you to um, 
to respond in some way this morning. Uh, I'll be here after at the end of our service, and if you'd like to come forward for church membership or for prayer or anything like that, uh, I'd encourage you to do that. But uh, they're going to bless us with one song, uh, and then we'll be dismissed. They do have a, a small merch table out there in the atrium if you'd like to get some more uh, information about their music uh, and bless them uh, in that way. But um, let's, uh, let's listen to them now as they... Uh, they conclude the service with this last song. Children, go where I send thee. How will I send thee? Oh, I'm going to send thee one by one. One was a little bitty baby. Born, born. Born in Bethlehem, children go where I send thee. Oh, How will I send thee? Oh, I'm gonna send thee two by two. Two was a fallen Silas, one was a little bitty baby. Born, born, born in Bethlehem, children go where I send thee. How will I send thee? Oh, I'm gonna send thee three by three. Three was a Hebrew children, two was a fallen Silas, one was a little bitty baby. Born, born, born in Bethlehem. Children, go where I send thee. How will I send thee? Oh, I'm going to send thee four by four. Four was a four that stood at the door. Three was a Hebrew children. Two was a fallen Silas. One was a little bitty baby. Born, born, born in Bethlehem. Children, go where I send thee. How will I send thee? Oh, I'm going to send thee ten by ten. Ten was the Ten Commandments. Nine was the nine that stood in the line. Eight was the eight that waited at the gate. Seven was the seven that didn't get to heaven. Six was the six that didn't get fixed. Five was the five that came back alive. Four was the four that stood at the door. Three was the Hebrew children. Two was the fallen silence. One was a little bitty baby. Born, born, born in Bethlehem. In Bethlehem, children born in Bethlehem. Merry Christmas, guys. Thank you. God bless you.